0: Welcome into the latest edition of the Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined as always by my good buddy, Mr. Andy Roth. And this podcast, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a little bit. Andy, we're getting down to the nitty gritty, almost the finish line of the regular season. It's pretty interesting. Uh, The standings have changed for some teams. Some teams have gone up. Some teams have gone down. Really interesting. Um, It's still very competitive, and it's all up in the air, at least in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the West at the top. I mean, it's been Phoenix all the way, but I don't know if they're going to end up coming out of there. But some of the other teams underneath them are sort of jacking for position. So let's talk about that. Let's start in the East initially. And since I'm here in Chicago, let's start with the Bulls, who once upon a time were sitting atop the Eastern Conference, or they were right there near the top. They're not that far out. They're only four and a half out of first place. However, in the bunched up Eastern Conference, they've dropped from first to fifth, and they're only one game in front of Cleveland for sixth. And and I'm going to be honest with you, Andy, the fact that they're not even going to have home court in the first round, and uh, they've had so many injuries, uh, both in the past, the present, and and upcoming, still in the future. Honestly, I don't even know if the Bulls are going to win a first round series. I just
1: Well, look, we've always kind of considered them pretenders, I guess. Big question is, I have to ask you, do we see Lonzo Ball back for the playoffs? And the other question is, you've got Patrick Williams back. Um, You know, they're desperate for size and length. Do you think he can have any sort of impact?
0: Well, he's not going to start, so he's going to come in off the bench. Um, No, I I don't see him really having an impact. I mean, yes, he's a big body, and, and I think his future is all in front of him. But come on, he's only played like 40 games in two years in the NBA. So, you know, he's and in, in the you know, we get down to the nitty-gritty of, of the end of the season and certainly the postseason. I think that lack of experience is going to kill him. As far as Lonzo Ball, he's not even scheduled. He he was attempting to come back before the end of the regular season, and that's still at least a possibility, but they've shut him down yet again. He he can't even run full court right now because of you know, the problems that he had from the surgery. So, you know, at this juncture, he might not play at all, okay? And and then, you know, coupled with the fact that Zach Levine is playing at best with an 80% knee at best, and DeMar DeRozan is starting to run out of gas quickly, no offense, but he is. Ayo um, DeSumo, who's had a great rookie season overall, but he hit that rookie wall about three or four weeks ago. And Tristan Thompson, who they picked up, you know, on waivers from Cleveland. I mean, listen, against certain teams, he can help you. Against certain teams, he ain't going to help you at all. No offense to him. So I, I just don't think it looks good for the Bulls. They've dropped in the standings. And the teams that they will have to face in the first round, all the teams in front of them, whether it's Boston or Miami or Milwaukee or Philadelphia, they're not going to beat any of those teams. They just Brooklyn. Won't. Well, Brooklyn won't finish ahead of them. Right, right. right, right. So right. they won't face Brooklyn. That's, that's their saving grace. Listen, yeah. the Bulls will not face Brooklyn. But a lot of other teams will, and we'll talk about that too. So, yeah, I don't think it looks good for the Bulls, honestly.
1: I was wondering if they go out in the first round. What do you think the take on the season will be? Uh
0: well, for me, I mean, I'll chalk it up to it is what it is. Um, but for you know the diehards, the they'll, the, yeah, they'll they'll think it was a disappointment. This team, listen, they made the playoffs, so that's one step further than they would have. Zach Levine, for the first time in his nine-year NBA career, will be in a playoff position, but it'll be a disappointment. And then the real question is, how do they get better going forward? You know, they'll be relying on Patrick Williams and and health of the other players. But you know what, Andy? Even at full strength, the Bulls, they don't match up with the best teams. I've I've always thought that from the word go. They're missing something. We haven't even talked about uh, uh, Nikola Vucevic here. You know, against the best centers in basketball, he comes up short also.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, they're in a spot that a lot of teams are in, Um, you know, to have DeRozan and Levine is really good, but DeRozan and Levine is not Kyrie and KD. It's not Tatum and Brown and, and smart and and Robert Williams. So, you know, they're sort of stuck in the middle, like a lot of teams are in a way.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, and I, listen, I'd like, it's, it was a great story for about two thirds of the season, but you know, and here's the other thing that's the real kicker on the Bulls. They are 0-16, I think it is, against the top three teams in the two conferences. Okay, so, I mean, that obviously tells you they don't match up with the top teams. 0-16, come on. So, you know, yeah, they got fat schedule-wise when DeRozan was playing out of his mind and was at least in in the uh, running for the MVP for a short stretch. But against the better teams, they just don't match up. It's as simple as that.
1: And you know what's interesting? Like you said, I don't think there's anything they do in the offseason that catapults them into contention next year. But then I would see what I could get for that guy in the middle that you know I don't like. And I'm talking about Vucevic.
0: No, I know that. And, and really, you know, we talked about this even last year, you know, long before this, that, you know, you're giving up two first round picks to get him. You know, he really never won anything in Orlando. He may not win anything here in Chicago. And you gave up two first-round picks for him. So not only was that maybe killer on the surface now, but, Jesus, even down the road, a lot more so. Andy, if you if you trade him, first of all, I don't know what you get back from him. That's number one. I don't think you're getting two first-rounders. That's for damn sure, if you even got even one. And then on top of that, who, who plays center for you going forward?
1: Yeah, and just to inform the listeners, that first-round pick – turned into Franz Wagner for the magic, which would be a really nice piece for the bulls going forward.
0: Yep. 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 And and again, I, I, and I hate to pick on certain players. I mean, Tristan Thompson is a good role player on certain teams, but they're expecting too much out of him. He's got no offensive game whatsoever. He is the proverbial bull in the China shop, you know, underneath the basket, but right. against the better teams. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. So it's been, it was a good story for two thirds of the season, but I think, uh, I think the air pun intended, is coming out of that ball.
1: That's the way it looks to me, too.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a look at the rest of the Eastern Conference. We um, still have Miami. We're going to talk about that soap opera in just a second from last night's, and I'm sure you saw it as well. But it's right now, it's Miami number one. Milwaukee and Philly are, are close by. And then the team that's moved up the standings like a speeding bullet, credit to them because they were a joke. A joke. the first third of the season, that's the Boston Celtics. But obviously Jason Tatum is playing out of his mind. And so are some of his teammates and credit to them. They've moved up the standings and they're currently fourth and they could easily finish first, second or third before it's all said and done.
1: And it's all about a playing elite defense because Brown and Tatum, you know, always could fill up the scoreboard, but it's about them being, you know, one of the top defensive teams over this stretch. They've got guys like Robert Williams and Marcus Smart Horford's really had a bounce back season and look, they've got a legitimate shot to come out of the East. There's a handful of teams and, and they're certainly one of them.
0: Yeah. They, they should hope that they haven't peaked too soon. I mean, they're playing great basketball right now. We'll see if they can keep it up for the next two and a half months. Milwaukee. They're interesting. Milwaukee right now. I mean, Giannis is still probably the best talent in the NBA overall. That's, you know, uh, arguable. But they're resting him. I mean, he could play if they really wanted him to, but he's got some, you know, injuries that are keeping him out of the lineup. And I got a feeling Milwaukee's playing the game like as long as we get a top four seed in the Eastern Conference and we have home court, I don't care who the, you know, we go up against. That's probably their thinking because they feel that they can beat any of the other teams, but they're just trying to get Giannis as healthy as possible.
1: And they got a big boost with Brook Lopez returning. I mean, to be able to do what they've done this year without him was was really nice, and now Lopez back in the starting lineup, and you've got a guy like Bobby Portis coming off the bench who's had a tremendous season for them. Yeah, definitely in good
0: shape. Yeah, I agree. And, and then, you know, you're a big Holiday fan, and you know what? He had a bad game the last time uh, the Milwaukee was here, and I, they'll be here next week again, so I'll get a better chance to see him. I know how good he can be, um, but, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty key. Holiday, when he's on his game, is obviously good. I like Bo- Bobby Portis. I like him when he's here in Chicago. Um, their bench is, you know, bench isn't so great overall. But it's, you know, in the Eastern Conference, it might be enough. Philadelphia, they're another story. I mean, they got an initial boost from Harden. I don't still know if he's anywhere near a hundred percent, but he's not. Also, the same player that he was a couple of years ago, he just isn't.
1: Yeah, of the top teams, maybe maybe Philly and Miami, I have the least confidence in. Uh, you know, the Harden I saw in Brooklyn wasn't the same Harden we've seen as an MVP candidate. I don't know how good the chemistry is there and and they took a big hit on their bench with that trade and you know missing a guy like Andre Drummond hurts them too I'm actually not confident that Philly comes out of the east
0: okay fair enough uh, Miami like I said right now is at the top of the standings they've lost a couple of games in a row they had uh, the shouting match or whatever you want to call it last night initially between uh, Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam but then what was even more scary from you know people who follow this kind of stuff, it was Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra really going at it. And Spolstra is a cool cat. For him to act the way he did on the court last night, that was pretty shocking slash revealing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how this will play out, uh, whether it really affects them on the court. The funny thing with this team, I think for the playoffs, it's a little bit about matchups. Like I think they give Milwaukee a tougher time than most teams, but... Um, I really don't think they would beat a Boston or a Brooklyn now that has Kyrie back.
0: Well, you were the one who said last year or two years ago, I forget. It was two years ago when they were in the bubble. You said that uh, uh, Miami would beat um, a lot of teams because of their outside shooting, because teams just didn't know how to guard against them, Milwaukee specifically, how they matched up. But now with Holiday, I mean, he's smart enough to know how to guard three-point shots on the outside. He's not one of those dumbbells.
1: Well, again, the thing I love about Holiday, you mentioned he had a bad game, but see, he's one of those players, he has a bad offensive game, he's still going to play the high level defense, whereas opposed to a one dimensional player, like, for example, a Duncan Robinson, he has a bad shooting playoff game, then he's killing you. Because Duncan Robinson isn't switching out and defending Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, where a guy like Drew Holiday can guard those guys and make their lives tough
0: yeah, let's talk about uh, two other teams in the Eastern Conference. We'll get to Brooklyn this, the last year. um Cleveland, Cleveland is you know, still only five and a half out of first. They're breathing down the bulls backs for the fifth spot. You know, Jared Allen, boy, worth his weight in gold because they have not been the same team overall as they were when he was in the lineup.
1: Yeah, well, look, they haven't been as good defensively, you know missing the other seven footer. And you know as much as he's not a great offensive player, He's a very efficient offensive player and a guy that can score in the paint, uh, gets the lobs from Garland. You're talking about a guy that was averaging 15 points a game and with an effective field goal percentage near 70. So they definitely missed him. And even with no Sexton and no Rubio, uh, they still will give teams some hell, even if they're eliminated in the first round.
0: Okay, and the last team, like I said, that we've talked about is Brooklyn. Brooklyn is still, I think they're eighth as of, still eighth as of right now. They're not going to move up that much in the standings, likely, because they were so far back. I don't think it really makes a difference to them. You know, they, eight against one right now if they go against Miami, if they're at full strength, and by, what I mean by full strength is Kyrie Irving playing all over the place. And by the way, if if the Nets win the championship, I forget what the, you know, help me out with the name of the mayor in New York. He should get a playoff share because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was finally, and listen, Kyrie Irving, he gambled, he gambled, he gambled, and guess what? He won his gamble because now it's uh, unvaxxed players will be able to play in New York. That means Kyrie Irving is available around the clock now. And the Nets, honestly, Andy, the Nets are the team to beat in my eyes.
1: Well, a couple of points about this. It surprised me because Mayor, Mayor Adams two days ago was asked about the mandates and and about Kyrie. He said, well, he can get the shot. And then the next day, yesterday, he lifted the mandates. I had a feeling it would get lifted in April, not this soon. But also keep in mind if the Nets have to play a play-in game and go to Toronto, Kyrie still can't play. Oh, and right. the Raptors are certainly capable of winning those games.
0: Yeah, then it would really fall on Durant. And and we haven't even talked about Ben Simmons. I'm listen. Ben Simmons may or may not play. I mean, we're gonna talk about some other players. We already talked about Giannis being held out to you know to come back as healthy as possible for the postseason. Tell me what, what the word is about Ben Simmons. I mean, he's not even practicing. So are they counting on him at all?
1: They're just hoping. As a matter of fact, I spoke to a physical therapist friend of mine who said, you know, there are people that have herniated discs that are able to play because they're not suffering from any pain. So, you know, it's a big guess at this point. You know, I do know if they're fully healthy besides Simmons, if they've got Aldridge back and Drogic is fine and, and 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 Seth Curry is fine. Then they've got, you know, a legitimate chance to come out of the East. And for people like Kendrick Perkins, who said today they don't play good enough defense, when they put their minds to playing defense, they've got no problems playing defense. I've got to remind people last year in that seven game series against Milwaukee, that Bucks team averaged 115 per game in the regular season against the Nets, they averaged 101.
0: Well, normally the postseason scoring goes down anyway, but your point is well taken. And listen, Kevin Durant, for as great as he is, he's just as great on the defensive end as well, or I should say as valuable. All right, let's go to the West. Obviously, Phoenix wrapped up the Western Conference top seed a long, long, long time ago. Memphis is now currently number two. Golden State. I mean, you know, Steph Curry has been out now for a little while, but even before that, they were leaking oil. Clay Thompson, you know, as you correctly point out a lot, is just not back the way he was in the past, and he may never be. Um, so what, what do you make of at least those top three teams?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, Golden State has multiple issues. They've got Curry still with the ankle injury. You've got Clay, who's not the same player. And I believe, as I tweeted out today, he should be in a reduced role. He shouldn't be playing starters minutes. I really love Kaminga, um, love what he's shown offensively and, and his size and length and athleticism, but they've also got the issue, you know, Draymond Green just came back from the back injury. I don't know if he's going to be re- returning to the level he was. So, you know, they've, they've got a lot to deal with there, and, um, you know, you've got a question whether they, whether they can really come out of the West. As far as Phoenix, um, I'm pretty confident they'll come out of the West and even put some money down on it today, and with Chris Paul returning, I mean – they have no weaknesses
0: no they don't and, and you know again i'm a big 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 fan of uh of aiton in the middle um i, I don't know what his shooting percentage is but it's got to be way up there among the league leaders cuz every time i look at him he's like 9 of 11 he doesn't shoot enough to be honest with you it's 9 of 11 he's 10 of 12 something like that um and he plays pretty good defense he's a rim protector on top of everything else so on that team, which is so loaded in so many areas, I think he actually goes. And and, and
1: by the way, let's mention that he kicked Carl Anthony Towns' ass last night with 35 points. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah he, he put the- <laughs> For all the talking that Cat was doing,
1: uh,
0: the Cat got silenced. He's having a great season also, but yeah, for one night he was, uh, he was shut down um, or shut up. All right, Utah is, is always in the running, you know, but they never get uh, over the top. Pretender,
1: not contender.
0: Right. I mean, Dallas has been playing lately very, very well, but I don't consider them uh, also. I know you're the hugest of huge fans of Jokic and, and Denver, but you know, and they may or may not get a couple of their players back. I'm not really sure, um, but they're, they're not going to win anything. And then you get down to the Lakers, and the Lakers are probably going to get Anthony Davis back. You know, listen, the Lakers are going to have to win a play-in game series, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to go. Um, I don't know. Uh, They'll the have to play Black Phoenix. Phoenix.
1: Yeah. Not well. It'll be Phoenix. You know. Uh, you know. E- even with Davis back, not enough to beat that Phoenix team. With Phoenix, you know, you've got to realize that <laughs> the the uh, the sum of the parts is even better than the individual parts there. You know, they're just a well-oiled machine.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's take a breath for just a moment. We'll get to uh, all the things around the NBA. But first, this word from our sponsor and college basketball fans. Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round, and... Who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results? So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets. If they do, if they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, restrictions apply. You must be 21 years or older. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, David Schuster back here with Andy Roth. We're talking about the NBA. Um, let's see, where should we go from here? Let, let's stay with, like again, one of the themes here late in the season, Andy, we've talked about a couple of players, Chris Paul coming back, Giannis, they're trying to get as healthy as possible, the Bulls with all their injuries, yada, yada, yada. The Clippers, the Clippers is interesting with their own injuries. Uh, I saw today Paul George is maybe, hopefully, going to be back fairly soon. And they're talking about Kawhi Leonard being back for the postseason, but come on, he hasn't played basketball in almost a year.
1: Yeah, I think we have more of a chance of seeing George, and that would be interesting because, you know, they've been extremely competitive playing without two stars. So, you know, they get Paul George back, uh, you know, they could make it hell for some team in a seven-game series.
0: You know, I glossed over this other injury, so I want to go back to it in the Western Conference, the team that is currently number two, Memphis. And I just saw John ja Morant is going to be out another two weeks. How much is that because he's really injured? How much is, you know, they're just trying to be cautious, which I'm sure they are to begin with, and just have him as healthy as possible for the postseason?
1: Yeah, I just saw, I I didn't know about that one. Obviously, that's a big one. I mean, amazingly enough, they played 17 games without Jaw this year, and they're 15-2, and but it's a different story in the playoffs. And, you know, look, uh, they're going to be a very tough out in the playoffs. I don't buy this stuff always about a team lacks experience. Every situation is different. And they're a very well-rounded team. They've got Jackson and and Adams, a great defensive team. So you know they're to be reckoned with.
0: Absolutely. All right. Uh, This past week, LeBron James became the number two uh forever how do you put this the number two scorer on the all-time NBA list he went by Carl Malone he only has Kareem in front of him he is going to play long enough to become the number one all-time scorer I mean he's determined to do that sorry LeBron that still doesn't make you the greatest of all time it just doesn't but you know some people will point to that as I'm sure you know Andy oh my god he's the number one scorer of all time too bad that still doesn't make it He's, he's he might be the number two player of all time, but he will never get get by Jordan. Not and,
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't listen to the simpleton chatter. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, then then counteract the simpleton chatter with educational chatter.
1: Um. Well, if Kareem and Wilt would have gone straight from high school to the pros, uh, and especially if Wilt felt like scoring for his entire career, as Wilt said, if I would have known it would have mattered so much, I would have put it out of reach. That's all.
0: Yeah, I love that. And he would have, too. God. Right,
1: without, without 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 Kareem and Wilt ever taking a three-point shot. Yeah, that's So true. Even when I see um, KD pass Jerry West, Jerry West didn't play in the three-point era. So it's really apples and oranges. There's got to right. be context. It's just like, you know what's a ridiculous stat these days? We'll throw it over to football, showing a, a running back that has a thousand yard season when you're playing 17 games now, as opposed to Jim Brown playing 12 or another running back playing 14 game season.
0: You know, in a 17 game season to get to a thousand yards, simple math here, it's, it's 60 yards, almost It's 60 yards yeah. a game, that which is nothing
1: a joke, right? That's, a joke. That's why to post the stat is stupid.
0: All right. Let me ask you a question. Cause they always say this, you know, if, if Jordan played now with the way the defenses are, how many points a game would he score average wise?
1: I mean, if you know, easily 35 to 40. Don't forget, Michael would have been taking more threes. Yeah. And I'm sure Michael, you know, like any other player, would have, you know, increased his his efficiency from three point range.
0: Yeah, he would have. I mean, any anything that he wanted to improve, he would have. He wasn't the greatest three point shooter. He had stretches, you know, because he always he always uh the cream always rises to the top. And, of course, that one uh, big uh, game at the uh, in Chicago, it was game six against Portland where they were way back. And then all of a sudden Jordan started hitting threes all over the place. And he, you know, did one of these with his arms up like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, yeah, he would rise to the occasion, um, but he wasn't in general a real three-point shooter.
1: Right, but look at another player from another generation. Jason Kidd improved. I'll go current generation RJ Barrett was a sub thirty shooter at Kentucky, thirty percent first year, then uh, second year forty, now up to thirty six. So I'm guessing if um, if RJ Barrett can improve his three point shooting percentage, that maybe Michael Jordan could. Maybe.
0: Oh no, absolutely he could. You know, and it's really amazing. First of all, anybody who comes into the NBA should get better as a shooter, because when you're a professional, you don't, you're don't you not going to college anymore. You're not taking classes, yada, yada, yada. You work incredibly hard at your game all day, all night, sometimes both. And, and the one player that I can always remember who was such a terrible outside shooter and became more than serviceable after a, a, a long career, Tyrone Corbin. Okay. Tyrone Corbin, when he came to college at DePaul out of some high school in South Carolina, I think. He couldn't shoot a free throw. He couldn't hit an outside shot if his life was on the line. But as time went on and he got, got into the pros, and like I said, he had a serv- serviceable career for about 10 or 11 years or even longer in the NBA. At the end, he was pretty damn good outside shooter.
1: I mean, people have to realize that most good players improve their shooting. Look at even a Rajon Rondo. Early in his career, he was shooting in the twenties from three. He eventually got up even into the mid thirties. So people who worry or question about a guy's three point shooting, they're just not looking at the history of the game.
0: Hundred percent. All right, let's talk about a couple of subjects that I know that always uh, are, are you know near and dear to you. And it's get the, me
1: riled up, you mean?
0: Yeah, those two um, postseason hmm. awards. Okay. MVP. I mean, anybody who follows you on Twitter knows that you've already voted 100 times. You're like a Chicago voter. You voted 100 times already for um, uh, Jokic out in Denver. Um, And it's going to be really interesting. I still think Embiid, as of right now, unless something changes in these final two and a half, three weeks of the season, I still think he's going to win the award. But time will tell. Um, But you still think it's Jokic, don't you? Or you think he should deserve to get it?
1: let's, Let's put it this way. I have a major problem with the unwritten criteria and the narrative around the MVP vote in general. First, let's start off with voter fatigue. So you're gonna tell me you believe player X deserves the award, but we're going to penalize him because he won it before. I mean, to me, that's the epitome of simple-minded, narrow-minded thinking. Example number two, and we'll use Jokic as the example, oh, we can't give it to a sixth seed. Um, We can't give it to a guy whose roster was ravaged by injuries. He lost his number two and number three guy and lifted a mediocre roster to 42 and 30. No, we're going to penalize him for that instead of reward him. Again, totally moronic thinking. My feeling is the MVP is the player who impacts winning the most for his team. So if you have a garbage roster, and you lift them to a 500 team, you're the most valuable player. It's that simple. It's been unbelievably complicated and made foggy by the media. You have someone like Isaiah Thomas saying, well, Devin Booker's the best player uh, uh, on the team with the best record. Well, again, that's simple-minded, narrow thinking. You're going to give it to Booker who averages 26-5-5 and over Jokic who does 27-14-8.5? and I mean, utterly ridiculous.
0: Okay. So, uh, right now, who are the top 5 guys?
1: Uh, let's just let's do the top 3. It's Jokic, yeah. it's Embiid, and it's Giannis. And, and and another factor to take into account with Embiid and Jokic, Jokic has already played 8 more games than Embiid, and Embiid likely will rest one more game. I think 9 games is a lot when you take in the the whole argument into the debate.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh Uh, Credit for both players. First of all, Jokic has um, had to overcome a lot of injuries to his teammates who have been out for long stretches of the season, Michael Porter Jr. specifically. And 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 Jamal Murray the entire
1: season. Yeah, so those those guys. And you know what? Let me throw a stat at you that I saw on Twitter. Uh, Jokic has had 58 games where he scored at least 20 points. His whole supporting cast has done it 53 times. So he's done it more than the the rest of the team. Uh, Embiid, he's had 49 games of 20. His supporting cast 75 as opposed to Denver with 53. Giannis is at 54, 20 point games. His supporting cast has done it 88 times to Jokic's 53. So, my question to you is in all seriousness, do you really think a team's seeding should matter when you take into account a guy like Jokic who's lost more?
0: Yeah. No, I I don't. And, you know, using another sport, and I don't know how good of an analogy this is. Andre Dawson won the MVP uh, for the Cubs one year on a team that finished in last place. Um, So sometimes I think people get them confused as they always do in sports, MVP player of the year. If it is MVP, you got to take certain things into consideration. It's not just the best player like uh, Isaiah Thomas thinks it is. It's the guy guy who's most valuable, who impacts his team the most as far as winning goes. So, Yeah. I, I still think as of right now, Andy, I, I, and I'm not saying that he deserves it. I think it's really close who should get it between those two guys. But I, if I had a bet right now, I would say that Embiid is probably going to win it. As of right um,
1: now, I, I would give a slight edge in terms of predicting who would win it to Embiid. I do know about three weeks ago when ESPN uh, polled 100 media members, at that time, Embiid got 47 first place votes and Jokic had 45. And since that time, Uh, Philadelphia got blasted by Brooklyn, blasted by Boston, uh, lost to Denver and Jokic. So to me, that would tip the scale the other way, but you know, common sense does not come into play with these award voters.
0: Okay. All right. Let's talk about the other major award that's rookie of the year. I mean, isn't it, isn't it locked up? Isn't Mobley like a lock at this point?
1: Don't know if it's a lock big game tonight. Uh, Mobley faces Barnes, uh, I could still see Barnes possibly making a late run. Uh, Don't think Cunningham could do it uh, with the bad stretch he had at the start and the fact he just doesn't impact the game the way Mobley has. I mean, again, Mobley is a top 15 to 20 defender in the entire league as a rookie. That separates you from a guy like Kate Cunningham, who, again, for the most part, uh, his cumulative stats, his efficiency has been terrible. Great talent. Not a knock at him, but you can't vote for him over
0: Mobley. And as I've always said, Andy, you're never really sure about a player until, you know, A, you see him at least in person one time, and uh, and and then even more so if you see him multiple times. So I finally got a chance, and I've watched Mobley on TV. looks really good, but I got a chance to see him up close a couple of weeks ago when they were here. He's got some room to put some meat on those bones. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's got room for at least another 20, 25 pounds he can put on that body. If he does that... God help with the rest of the league.
1: I mean, look, he has a great skill level. I really believe if he fills out, uh, that eventually, you know, if he's shooting enough, it all depends on your field goal attempts because I know he's going to be efficient. I think this guy's a 25 point per game scorer, at the least 23 a game. But, uh, you know, he's got all the talent in the world.
0: Yeah, I don't know what his field. Free throw percentages, but I just remember he had a really good stroke the night that he was here doing that. too. He's, so. he's got
1: to work on the stroke a little, but again, plenty of time to do that. He's what, 19, 20 years old? Yeah,
0: yeah. Again, his, his future is bright. All right, one last thing here. Um, college prospects, and you know, I've been watching the NCAA tournament. I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I, I was at the regional, at least the first round games in Milwaukee. I'm going to be at the next round games here in Chicago upcoming this weekend. I've yet to see a super talent. I for sure have not seen any great teams. That goes without saying. There's no great teams in college basketball. There may be some NBA prospects, obviously, and and some players who will be really good down the road, but I for sure have not seen any great teams.
1: No, I mean, there's there's a number of guys that are definitely could be all-star caliber talent. Um. My number one player is still Chet Holmgren because of what he can do, the impact on the defensive end, and still a tremendous skill set at seven foot one. I know 195 pounds, but I also believe you can initially play him at the three. Uh, Paulo Bancaro has a really great game. Uh, Jabari Smith looks good. Jaden Ivey, explosive. And and I'm a big fan of Johnny Davis of Wisconsin. Yeah. I think we'll be a better NBA player than pro player because he had a garbage coach at Wisconsin.
0: Oh, I'm not going to argue that at all. I mean, again, I saw the games with Wisconsin up there and and I don't know. They, first of all, I don't like I don't I just don't like the way they offensively they even approach a game. And when you got a talent like that, I think you should lean on him more than they did. And, and they don't um,
1: they did not run enough action for him to get good looks. He had to work for everything one-on-one.
0: They they say one of the criticisms and I can't tell. I mean, I didn't see him enough. So, one of the criticisms is his outside shot. We'll see.
1: Well, again, right. He, he, his three-point shooting is at 32% right now. But, again, you look at the history of good players, 80 90% of them improve their outside shooting. Again, if Rajon Rondo and Jason Kidd and Magic Johnson can do it, why can't Johnny Davis?
0: 100%. And,
1: again, he'll probably get better quality looks in the NBA playing with better players.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, let's wrap it up with that. Um, we will do this again sometime next week. Um, again, we're getting down to the last – it's hard to believe, Andy, but there's just two weeks, a little over two weeks, until the beginning of the uh, postseason.
1: And I, and I promise not to be kinder and gentler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would I would expect nothing less. There you go. More. All right, we'll wrap it up and say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody.